We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to the week three edition of the Prime Point Show here on Roto-Grinders. Uh, this is uh, from the guys over at Fantasy Points. We've got Graham ba- Barfield. Uh, we've got Jake Tribby. Uh, Graham, what is going on uh, through two weeks? Uh, every week, we're learning more and more data. We get to see more statistics. We get to see scoring go up and down. I think last week, I was, you know, week one, right? Scoring was down. Week two, all the overs went bananas. Yep. Uh, we'll have to see how it plays out as the season goes on. But what is going on? Uh, just uh, excited to dig into the data, the sports bets, the, the pick them, the DFS, everything with you guys today. Yeah, great show. This is a great show. We were on that, by the way. I think we opened the show last week by saying, yeah, every under hit last week in week one, but prepare for the over onslaught and it, it smashed. I mean, what overs are what, like uh, 14 and two they ended across the slate? Uh, something ridiculous. So, yeah, scoring is back up. Quarterback play looked a lot better. Offensive line play looked a lot better. We were kind of on a lot of those kind of trends, those macro trends this week, uh, and it should continue to trend up. And uh, yeah, now we've got two weeks of data uh, to go through. I feel like we will have a lot more signal this week and next week than our opponents because, you know, we're looking at the best data points. So, yeah, really, really excited to dig into the slate. Yeah, Jake, uh, what's going on, dude? Uh, just a, a real fun, I think week three is going to be pretty interesting as we actually, you know, after week one, we make some adjustments based on the data and what we see. And after week two, it happens two weeks in a row. I think we can start to draw some more serious conclusions on what's actually happening in the league. There's a lot of spots we're going to talk about today. 
Yeah, no, super excited to uh, to be on here. I thought I thought week two went went really well. We actually had a fantasy points sub uh, ship one of the millionaire makers, which I thought was was great. And you know, I'd probably be a millionaire too if Anthony Richardson didn't uh, leave the game with a concussion oh gosh. in the second quarter. That was pretty brutal. Um, but you know, I thought we I thought we re- really nailed a lot of our DFS analysis last week, and I'm excited to do it again in week three. Yeah, I saw the lineup uh, from your subscriber. I think I saw it got retweeted. And basically, I used to do the Millionaire Maker articles here at Roto Grinders. And his lineup is exactly the type of lineup that you should be making to win Millionaire Makers from uh, a wide variety of reasons. Lots of stacks, well, correlation, uh, a whole bunch of full, stuff. Full fade, basically full fade the 1 p.m. slate, which was mega chalk. And then he had literally just all the right pieces in Rams Niners. And Jake, you and I on the show were both talking about how much we loved that game as a game stack. Purdy didn't really get there. He didn't really get there. The ironic part, he literally just had the nuts. from Purdy, like just insane. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He had the nuts and Purdy only scored what, like 16? Yeah. 14.7. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you can sneak by in some of the millionaire makers with not the absolute nuts. Um, but yeah, his lineup, uh, lots of correlation, lots of low ownership, uh, the right stack, uh, exactly how you should make a lineup. Go check that out. Uh, you can find it on the Fantasy Points Twitter uh, or, uh, uh, oh man, slipping his name. Uh, I Russell, saw... His name's his name's Russell Miller. He's a he's a, been a DFS grinder in our Discord mm-hmm. for a long time. He, he used to grind WNBA DFS. He might still, like the dude's been... Uh, working his butt off for a long time so it was really cool to see him get a big win he's really active in our discord too so well, yeah congratulations to him uh from the fantasy points discord uh okay let's uh let's talk a little bit about some of our takeaways uh we have week one takeaways we have week two takeaways graham i'm going to throw it to you first what are you noticing uh either on a league a team a player level something that we believe is going to be actionable moving forward Sure. I was going back and forth with Edwin Porras, who's a uh, physical therapist for the Minnesota yep. Twins, and he also does, I think, the best injury analysis on the internet for football. He was texting me and he was saying, you know, I, I think Burrow's obviously less than 100%. He aggravated the injury at the end of the game, but, you know, just digging deep into the numbers, like, it's really bad right now. I mean, Burrow has really, really struggled against one high safety looks. That's typically a shell that he absolutely dominates. Uh, last two weeks averaging like league bottoms in yards per attempt. Uh, just 47% of his throws have come against too high. So it's not, we're not seeing defenses just come out and automatically say, okay, we got to play too high 60% of the time against the Bengals. They're giving them some one high looks and they're just not exploiting it. I mean, Burrow's thrown 11 targets deep downfield, 15 or more yards in the air to T Higgins and Jamar chase. None of them have been caught. Only five have been catchable. Uh, Burrow's Burrow's a less than 100. percent You know that Rams line opened at plus six and a half. It got hammered down to plus two today. Uh, so there's some definite fear with Burrow. You know we don't have him on the main slate this week, so we don't really have to worry about it too too much for week three. But long term, I mean, there's there's something here. I think with this injury, and I think there's something here with the scheme. Like Zach Taylor is just not really trying to throw over the middle. I don't know if it's maybe because Burrow's hurt, uh, but something is is off with this offense. Uh, they've got a good spot, you know, week three against the Rams. I, mean, I don't think the Rams are a defense we're going to be too scared about for the rest of the season. But you know, this Burrow injury and the the stats behind it are are not great. It's not it's it's one of those things where I mean, I was on Bengals last week. I think the process was right. Ravens were really banged up, especially along the offensive line in the secondary. But uh, there's something broken within this offense. I don't think it's just Zach Taylor's a slow starter. I think there's there's something there's something missing here in Burrow's is obviously a big piece. Yeah, I think Burrow is going to end up being pretty highly questionable 
uh, once the injury reports start coming out for that Monday night game. Uh, but what we also have in that Monday night game, uh, a couple takeaways I have. These Ram dudes, uh, Kyron Williams, uh, Puka, these guys, it's it's not just a Cooper Cup role. Like, this is a role we, we, we haven't even seen this role in the NFL in years. This is above basically a Justin Jefferson level type of player uh, when you dig into some of the uh, expected fantasy points and some of the deeper stats that you can get on fantasy points. Uh, we'll look at those a little bit later, but these Rams players on the Thursday through Monday slate, I'm, I'm not the, you know, I'm not, I didn't win the million dollars, uh, but I am a DFS grinder. I love the Thursday through Monday slate. I think it's one of the bigger edges you can get. You can't get a ton of contests, uh, but I love playing those and uh, both of those guys, uh, absolute locks to the price on DraftKings if you're playing that slate. Uh, a couple other things, Tony Pollard, uh, expected fantasy points king. Uh, imagine if he was able to turn these into all real fantasy points in this week with a matchup against Arizona. I mean, he could absolutely explode. We'll take a look at some of his data in just a little bit. Josh Jacobs, another guy, uh, a really bad game last week against the Bills might keep some people off of him. Uh, 7,100 on DraftKings, another absolute true workhorse, only really seeds work after the game got into a blowout last week. This is against the Steelers, allowing 34.8 DraftKings point per game to running back so far this year all of those go to josh jacobs uh I, I don't know maybe that might end up in the millionaire maker uh this week for josh jacobs so those are a couple of quick takeaways i have uh what do you have jake from week two week one combine what you're looking at what's something standing out to you yeah i mean first of all love the tony pollard call nothing more painful than just nailing you know the right play the best play of the slate eight percent owned like 33 expected fantasy points and then you know only converts 60 percent of that into actual production and of course will be just incredibly popular this week uh but a few of my takeaways i mean zach moss 98 percent snap share the one snap he wasn't on the field was just a, a play where the colts didn't have any running backs on the field i mean he's gonna lead all running backs in snap share this year if jonathan taylor doesn't end his holdout i do question his upside though i mean we saw anthony richardson uh run in two red zone touchdowns last week um i think that's going to make it tough for moss to you know consistently hit his ceiling but at the same time i mean you want guys who are on the field and Zach moss is going to be on the field every single play going forward uh, unless they sign somebody because you know Deion jackson is just absolutely terrible um, these Texans wide receivers, I mean, Nico Collins has averaged 18.5 expected fantasy points per game and 113 receiving yards per game while, uh, earning a 41% share of the Texans air yards. All of those numbers would have ranked top seven among wide receivers last year. I mean, if we, if he keeps this up, like he's going to be a wide receiver one, maybe he's not that good, but the volume is just incredible. Also tank Dell is a guy that I'm really excited about. I mean, he was incredible after the catch in college part-time player in week one, Noah Brown goes on IR all of a sudden he's a full-time player and, you know, absolutely smashed with, with 20 fantasy points, still way too cheap in DFS. I'm sure a guy we'll talk about a little bit later. I also have some optimism for CJ Stroud. Uh, you know, first quarter was kind of a disaster for him, but the final three quarters, you know, one of our film guys, Brett Whitefield, pointed out that Stroud was absolutely dealing. And, you know, these Texans wide receivers aren't going to get there unless Stroud can can keep that up. And, you know, I, I think that's certainly possible. Um, you know, he might be super large field tournaments. I think Stroud might be an interesting way, um, you know, to form some stacks. And then Jordan Love is fantasy's quarterback two right now. He's averaging 21.7 fantasy points per game. He's not playing great. 
but the Packers have made it easy on him. He's posted the league's lowest pressure rate over expected. Uh, an unpressured dropback is worth 63% more fantasy points than a pressured dropback. And Jordan Love just isn't getting pressured at all. I mean, this guy might stumble his way into like a low-end quarterback one season, which would be pretty surprising. Um, but, you know, given the amount of pressure that he's facing, maybe not. If he gets Christian Watson, Aaron Jones back, I mean, it'll only yep. get easier for him as the season progresses. If you like Nico Collins, I thought I was – and I like Nico Collins. I think everyone's going might end up liking Nico Collins. I was thinking it might be a little sneaky, but it seems like at 5,300 on DraftKings, looking yeah. like he's oh, one yeah. of the premier values if he is you know, the true alpha of the team. And I think the Texans realize, C.J. Stroud, he can gun it. Uh, and I've got a couple stats uh, th- that are a little funny, but we'll talk about them in just a little bit on the, uh, the league leaders and pass attempts. Uh, to start the year, just how we drew it up. Uh, not exactly. Uh, all right, before we go any further, uh, if you are watching live, please click the like button. Uh, if you are listening on a podcast or anything like that, uh, you can subscribe uh, to the uh, podcast feed. And also, if you're a, a sickle like me, uh, you listen to all podcasts in what? 2x speed? What do you guys do? Do you do single speed, 1.5x, 2x? So it, like 1x speed is just quicksand I, I i i can't do that i need i need one and a half or two x speed yeah my brain doesn't work that fast and maybe is not as fast as yours i can do one and a quarter that's usually my go-to is like one and a quarter too slow uh, I, yeah yeah i can't do the two x man that's that's too that's too fast yeah, the add if there was a i mean i could probably go two and a half x two if it was possible jake how, how do you do the podcast i i just i just do normal speed i can't oh, I, I don't i don't like i don't like this you guys have you guys have kids yet nope <laughs> That's yeah, probably see, why I went from, I used to do one and a half. And then once I had the kid, I'm now at two X speed. So this is exactly, if I need to take an information, uh, that's what it goes up to. So, uh, as, as your life progresses, uh, your podcast speeds will be going up. Uh, anyway, uh, if you are watching live, click that like button. Uh, and if you are watching a little bit later in the week, uh, one tune in live, that's when you get the most actionable info and also click the like button as well. Uh, all right, let's get to our stand segment. Uh, a couple I think we've been pretty good on these this year. Uh, when I get to the sports betting, me personally, uh, I don't think I've lost the sports bet pick that I've posted on the show yet. So I'll tease you guys. I am there's a team favored by less than a field goal that it, it's just absolutely ridiculous that this line is not like minus four and a half, minus five based on their opponent and a couple of other things. Uh, it's my bet of the week. I've got it up on scores and odds already. Uh, I'm going to make it a two unit bet on scores and odds. I'll give it to you guys for free in just a little bit. Uh, Jake, what's a, a stand you're on this week? Yeah. So, you know, for DFS, everyone is going to want to be on, you know, one game in particular, it's got the highest total of the season so far. And, you know, to make my stacks unique, I think I'm going to end up taking some pretty big stands on a few of the lower owned pieces in that game. All right, Graham, what's, uh, what are you, what's up your sleeve for this week? Yeah, there's an under in one of the two Monday night games that I'm looking at, uh, trying to fade an offense that I think is getting a little bit too much respect based on their last two opponents they've played. Uh, we'll talk about that in the betting section at the end of the show. All right. So with that out of the way, let's jump into some DFS picks. Uh, it is Tuesday, right? We don't have any practice info. We don't know any injuries. We don't know if Amari Cooper is going to tweak something on Friday night. We don't know who's going to you know, blow out an Achilles on Wednesday. None of that's happened yet. So take us all with a grain of salt. Uh, but Jake, I'm going to throw it to you. What are we looking at in DFS this week? Stacks, cash games, any particular players you're on? Uh, it is Tuesday. I know you've written your article already at Fantasy Points. 
So what's up? Yeah, the DFS early look already live over at Fantasy Points. So definitely check that out if you want some more of uh, my picks. But, you know, I sort of teased this in the stand section. You know, we're all going to want to stack this Chargers-Vikings game. I mean, highest total game of the season, 54. I've, I've seen 54 and a half out there. Um, that's the Chargers defense has been an absolute disaster. I mean, everyone's going to want to play Justin Jefferson, Cousins, the Chargers side, but there are a few players in this game that I think aren't going to catch a ton of ownership that I'm going to want to mix in to a lot of my stacks. Um, the first being Mike Williams. Mike Williams actually saw better usage measured by expected fantasy points than Keenan Allen last week. I think Allen's going to be significantly more popular given that, you know, he had the blow up performance. Williams ran a little bit under expectation. Um, and, you know, last season, Williams is playing more in the slot this year. But last season, the Vikings were by far the worst schedule adjusted matchup against opposing outside wide receivers. So really like him for that reason. On the Minnesota side, I know everyone's really excited about Jordan Addison. Uh, KJ Osborne's usage has been about 35% better than Addison so far. I mean, I do think Addison is is going to develop more of a role as the season goes on, but I also don't think that matters a ton for week three in a game that should be a shootout. Minnesota is going to be in a ton of 11 personnel. Um, so I really like mixing in some KJ Osborne there. And I'm even willing to take some chances on Alexander Madison, who's been tremendously disappointing. But he's also the running back nine by expected fantasy points per game. And he's the RB5 by the percentage of backfield XFP that he's captured. Um, he feels like a major regression candidate. I mean, maybe he's just going to be one of those guys that falls way under expectation all year, but is there really a better get right spot for a guy like Madison than a chargers run defense that, you know, really wants you to run on them. You know, they don't want you throwing to Justin Jefferson. They're going to give you light boxes and dare you to run the ball. Um, beyond those guys, I, I have a really gross play, uh, in Zach Ertz at just 3,500. I mean, his usage this season has been better than TJ Hawkinson. So I, I get that, you know, Ertz is, a pretty disgusting name to click, but he's by far the best usage adjusted value, you know, relative to salary on this slate. It actually isn't even close. Um, so I'm going to play some Zach Ertz. And I think because he's so gross, ownership will, um, you know, be a little lower on him. Uh, and I also kind of like the mini game stack. Talked about these Texans receivers. I'm pretty excited about this Texans passing offense. Texans rush D, notoriously bad. I like a mini game stack with either Tank Dell or Nico Collins, along with Travis Etienne. Um, I think that's a, a pretty strong stack to mix into um, you know some of my my Chargers Vikings lineups. If Austin Eckler's out, do we get a Josh Kelly bounce back week? Uh, the, the the flop lag from the the poker world, yeah, just uh, absolutely atrocious. I, I guess this will lead into my segment too. But what do you think? Who, who's who's worse, Josh Kelly or Alexander Madison? And are you, which one's more likely to come through for us if it if this is the matchup we get? I mean, Madison's efficiency has been so bad for the last two years, man. I like, I love that call this week, Jay. Though, like, nobody's going to want to play Madison. He's only fifty eight hundred. Yeah. Uh, I love that call. Yeah, and uh, Josh Kelly last week. Uh, this week we've got the waiver wire hero uh, from the Browns uh, available against the Titans D. Are we all? I think I said this last week. Are we all going to hold hands and get basically no fantasy points? From our Browns running back, we've got Ford at 4,800. Now they are talking to Kareem Hunt. We'll have to see what comes out of that. Uh, they are expected to sign somebody, but Ford is technically going to be their lead back. It has, it's already been said. Going up against the Titans, Gra Graham, let's talk to you on this one. So here's some stats I've got on the Titans D. They're allowing 7.9 fantasy points per game to running backs this year. Last year, they allowed the fourth fewest fantasy points per game to running backs. The year before that, they were the toughest defense in fantasy points 
to running backs. Are we going to bang our heads against the wall for the third straight re- week and play Ford at 4,800, or are we going to finally come to our senses? I think the one out Ford gives you vis-a-vis like Jamal Williams and Josh Kelly is he's going to get the dump offs. We got four targets uh, after Chubb left the game. And I think Ford was probably going to be a passing down player anyway. So that's like the one out, but I'm with you in general. Like if he gets steamed to 20, 25%, which we should expect at 4,800, I think he'd be a pretty solid fade in big, big field tournaments. But I think that's the one out where you can make with Ford is like, he's probably going to get dump offs. And this, this Browns offense has been a, a lot more pass heavy. I, I think than, most people expected coming out even with Nick Chubb. Uh, I'm expecting the Browns to really spread out. I mean, we've seen it in the first couple games. I think they're going to play spread and, and, and try and throw it in which case Ford will probably be a, a you know big part of their check down game. That's the one out he'll, he'll have in this game, but yeah, Kelly and, and Williams, you know, they were, I think glaring fades just because we know those guys aren't super involved in the pass game. Yeah, by the time Sunday comes around, you're going to be staring at your lineup in that $4,800 price tag. It's going to make a lot of things work. But can you not click it is going to be uh, – or maybe you do because of the passing game. We'll have to see how it all plays out over the weekend. If they sign anyone, that might get some work. Uh, A couple other thoughts I have from DFS. There are uh, a metric ton of sub $4,500 and less wide receivers that just have some insane usage right now. I know we talked Nico Collins. I know Jake talked. Tank Dell, but you got Robert Woods as well. I mean, this entire Houston passing offense is uh, amazing right now, mainly because it's led by uh, the the passing game. Listen to this: only Mac Jones and Matt Stafford has more have more pass attempts than C.J. Stroud. I mean, isn't that exactly what we thought was going to happen after Mac Jones? If you would have, t- what odds could you have gotten for Mac Jones leading the league in pass attempts through through two weeks with Matt Stafford coming right behind him without? Uh, Cooper Cup. I mean, these odds, and then C.J. Stroud hitting number three. It's just been a strange year, uh, but all three of the Texans' wide receivers are certainly in play. And if you're looking even a little lighter than that, you've got Reed for Green Bay, still way too cheap. You've got Shahid from New Orleans if you're looking for a big play. I know Adam Thielen's old, but he got it done last week. He's very cheap on DraftKings. You're probably going to need one of these guys, I think, in a, in a tournament lineup that's sub 4,500 because all of these guys have you know, high 20 fantasy point ceilings. And, and there's just so many of them. One of them's I, I think is probably going to come through. It's going to give you salary to spend up elsewhere. So that's something I'm going to try to be incorporating uh, into my thought process as the week progresses. Uh, Graham, I'm going to go to you. What are some DFS takes you might have uh, going into week three? We'll see. You know, it's only Tuesday. That's the disclaimer. We know nothing at this point. We rarely know anything in any way. Uh, but it's Tuesday. I, I think ownership is going to be pretty concentrated on that Jags-Texans game. I mean, there's so many cheap plays in the game. Jake, you brought up Travis Etienne. He's, uh, you know, we called Tony Pollard the best play on the slate last week. He should have had a monster game. Uh, the All the red zone work was there. Travis Etienne at 6,900 stands out to me as probably the best running back play on the slate right now in that game. Uh, moving to another game, we're waiting on Anthony Richardson again. It's only Tuesday. He, he's in concussion protocol. He might not play, but if he does play, we're, I mean, guys, we're going right back to, to Richardson in that game. That game has massive scoring potential. The Ravens are eighth in pass rate over expectation through two games. That's massive. Last year, they were 25th. And PROE, and you know, we kind of expected, obviously, with Todd Monken and the offensive coordinator change for them to switch more pass heavy. But you know, J.K. Dobbins is unfortunately lost for the season. 
the run game with Gus Edwards and Justice Hill is, is just kind of mid. So I'm actually expecting the Ravens to throw even more. And, and this is all leading to me to like Mark Andrews really pushing Travis Kelsey as the tight end one this year. And he's only 6K right now. Uh, Andrews came back last week, 75% route share, got eight targets, was the first read on a clear team high 23% of the time. And, you know, he's still the alpha number one receiver here. This is a, this is a rotation around Andrews. And, you know, we've seen Beckham now get hurt. Rashad Bateman's still just a part-time player. Um, this pa- increase in pass rate is going to give uh, Andrews just like massive, massive upside. He's the bell cow tight end. Like he's going to run around 85% of the time once he gets back to full, full time. And, you know, Ravens increasing their pass rate, you know, and subsequently increasing their pass volume by like 10 to 15%. That is huge for Andrews weekly upside. So, you know, after a really bad start week one for tight ends, I actually feel really good about the state of the tight end position weirdly uh, going into this week. One final guy I'll give you at 4,100 Hunter Henry stands out as mispriced. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness, man. He is the tight end five by XFP. Uh, the, we've seen it. I, I think the jets secondary might've been a little overrated. Like I, I'm don't want to sit here and say like, I still have a ton of respect for this defense, but you were mentioning at the top, man, like Mac's going to have to throw it. Uh, in this game, it's especially true. The Patriots have one of the worst offensive line by ESPN's run block win rate metrics. I'm fully expecting the Patriots to continue after throwing, especially in this spot up against the Jets front seven. Their front seven's really good, but they've been you can you can get to the Jets in the past game if you get open. And Henry has just been the clear uh, number one target for Mac Jones so far. Huge increase in route share last week. He was a part time player week one. That jumped up to like 76, 77% week two for Henry. So uh, Henry to me stands out as like a, a solid value at 4,100. Those guys are typically like kind of bad plays like over time, those 4K tight ends. But I really do actually like Henry this week. Well, I want to go back to the Ravens with Mark Andrews because and Odell Beckham. Because did you see the news with Odell Beckham before the show here? What's that? I haven't, I haven't checked. He's hanging time. out with Kim Kardashian. This guy is, oh, his no. career is over. Right it's him off. over. That's so Mark okay. Andrews to the moon uh, because the Kardashian curse is uh, it's, uh, officially going to ruin. Uh, oh, gosh. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. With that out of the way, uh, let's uh, talk about our good friends over at Ticketmaster. More memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat and their interactive seat map. Gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze, and you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. Uh, All right, my favorite point of the show, Jake, I'm going to go to you. Let's bring up the bell cow report for everybody to see. We can look at expected fantasy points. We can talk about running backs. Uh, we can see who's real, who's fake, uh, all this type of stuff. What are we looking at at the bell cow report this week? Yeah, so I kind of live in the bell cow report right now. It's, it's kind of my home. Um, we can sort by expected fantasy points uh, per game. And uh, we'll notice that Kyron Williams is the RB3 right now, 19.8 expected fantasy points per game. I mean, obviously nobody saw this coming, but I'm curious if you guys have a guess. What did Todd Gurley average in expected fantasy points per game in 2017 and 2018? 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I saw the sheet, so I I, I won't I I, I, I won't cheat, but it's a lot. (laughs) I haven't. I haven't. I'm gonna guess twenty three and a half. You're you're over a little bit. It's twenty point two. So Kyron Williams, ninety nine percent, twenty eighteen, twenty seventeen. Todd Gurley, which is like absolutely (laughs) mind blowing. Um, uh, we can also sort by uh, snap share here, which you know another one of my favorite things to do just to get a sense for what guys are on the field. The most Christian McCaffrey playing 92% of snaps is something that I don't think is going to last, but if it does, I mean, he could have one of the best running back seasons we've seen of the last decade. Uh, Alexander Madison. I mean, another reason to play this guy, he's top 10 in basically every running back usage metric, including snap share. I, I you know, I just have a feeling he's going to get there eventually. And I, I do think it could be this week against the chargers. Um, but we can also sort by, and I think this is really interesting, uh, over in the uh, the play filters uh, on the left-hand side, uh, under yards to goal, uh, we can go to inside the 10. Uh, uh, it's to the left. Um, yeah, there you go. Inside the 10. And we will see that uh, Tony Pollard, who, I mean, this this usage is just incredible but uh yeah if we uh sort by um let's see here sort by attempts uh we will see that uh total attempts i think it's to the that's team rushing attempts there we go uh yeah so tony pollard twice as many inside the 10 carries as the next closest player he only had 12 inside the 10 carries all of last season so he's already matched his 2022 total um and then of course you know we got deandre swift in there too um, which in one game in right? one game like, that that's the shocking thing. And I'm wondering, I'm curious if you guys have thoughts here, but I'm wondering if this is just going to be a, you know, Philadelphia just picks a guy each game where one week it's, you know, Gainwell, another week it's Swift, maybe Boston Scott. Occasionally I do think they'll start giving Swift, you know, significantly more work if he keeps playing like this. But, you know, part of me is wondering, is it just going to be a different guy every week? I, I think Penny is toast. I think the injuries yeah. have finally gotten to Penny. I don't think Scott, 
this is going to be if Swift has another reasonable game, there's no way they're going to put Kenny Gainwell back in there over him. I think this is Swift's jobs to lose personally, uh, in in my opinion. Graham, what's your take? Agreed. This is Swift's job, Swift's job to lose. I, I think he'll be like the one A. They're going to still mix in Gainwell. Like I think he's just their backup to Swift. This is probably what they wanted. They wanted Swift to have the game where it's like, okay, he's the guy. We'll roll with him. Gainwell's the backup, and Penny's like either dead or just complete insurance. Like maybe both of these guys get hurt, and Penny, you know, Penny gets in there. But yeah, I mean, he doesn't have a role in the offense right now. Swift, uh, I got a well, uh, Swift wasn't running up the middle, wasn't get, taking contact in Detroit. They ship him out, and all of a sudden. He's Adrian Peterson uh, for the Eagles, just uh, bowling people yeah. over left and right. <laughs> I, that's what I was about to. Say. That's what I was about to say. I gotta say, like Swift, this is this is um, as good as he looked since college. I mean, I was a huge fan of Swift coming out of college. His numbers on a small, you know, small efficiency, or uh, sorry, small sample last year looked pretty good. Like he was pretty good after contact, pretty good in terms of missed tackles forced. It was just like he didn't get the volume, and you know, he was banged up last year, but fully healthy. Uh, looks like another really sharp move by Howie Roseman. Yeah, I like uh, Josh Jacobs. I mentioned him. Uh, basically got subbed out in the fourth quarter of last game. If you go maybe just like the first three quarters of each of the first two weeks or even last week, you can see Josh Jacobs is the man for Las Vegas in a very enticing matchup. Uh, you can find that in the bell cow report. Anything running backs, you got to get the, you know, the key. Unless you get the Christian McCaffrey, note two on him. I believe. I think on Thursday night, especially if they're up, uh, you're going to see McCaffrey snaps probably go down a little bit and see other people get the football. Uh, How about Elijah Mitchell just not even playing yeah. a snap? They're just like, yeah, you're 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 good, dude. Uh, yeah, they're okay. that's coming. San Francisco, uh, I think it was uh, sharp football. They, as the season progresses, they're they're the work they're the team that gets screwed the worst by the schedule. Uh, so you're, I think as the season progresses, you're going to see Mitchell probably get a, a few more carries uh, and and McCaffrey get a little bit more because this is just they need McCaffrey in the playoffs they don't need him to to run every single play right now it's great for us playing fantasy uh but yeah. not what the team actually needs right now uh graham i want to go to you we're going to break out something sure. new if you guys want to get access to some of the stuff you can get a fantasy point subscription uh it's a great we used to have gridiron iq here at roto grinders um it's, it's not there anymore with some of the data feeds we had to get rid of but there's just there's so much on fantasy points this is where i live right now trying to to sort through Everything for DFS sports betting. It's a must have. Let's go into the team advanced passing Graham. This is, I have never ventured into here, Graham. So, what am I looking at? It's a whole new world for Brit. Um, yeah, no, this is, uh, this is the advanced passing team feed. So, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, basically, this is like the one stop shop for just team level passing stats. We also have uh, team defense stats where uh, we're not going to be looking at that tonight, but you can switch over to the team defense uh, and get all of these same exact stats, advanced stats at a team defense level. So you'll be able to sort through like all of the advanced stats you could possibly care about, like completion rate over expectation, uh, the left there. I mean, we've got everything, you know, uh, looking at a uh, receiver, a dot quarterback, a dot, you can look through it all. But tonight I wanted to show uh, Britt, uh, if we go to filters and we're going to look at team level, catchable targets and i think this is a, a really fun and easy and logical way of, of thinking of quarterback play so Britt, go to play and then you're going to scroll down and go to throw accuracy uh it should be in kind of like the middle yep this is ridiculous and then, the amount of stuff you can do here 
<laughs> I know, right? We we thought of everything. Uh, click on target and then uh, bad placement catchable targets. That's still a catchable throw that like you know receiver can get his hands on, but it's not like perfect, perfect, perfectly on target. Uh, and then when it uh, when the data populates, sort by attempts. And uh, this is this is basically a team level view of which teams are getting the most one volume just in terms of raw pass attempts and two the best target service in terms of catchable pass attempts and like you were saying you know patriots are throwing a ton but mac jones has also been pretty accurate on those throws houston texans right there at the top and i want to i want to scroll down to the bottom here jake you tweet you tweet retweeted one of my tweets earlier look at this at the bottom this is just sad y'all the new york jets as a entire football team have 31 catchable targets the average right now is what, uh, 51, 52 right there in the middle. So uh, more of the same from Zach Wilson moving forward, unfortunately. The Falcons, uh, it's like the ah shit, here we go again from GTA. It's the same thing. Falcons are at 38 catchable team targets through two games. Again, well below the league average. I was looking at Kyle Pitts' stats today, and it just maybe almost want to shut a tear. It's like the same thing from last year. Dude has eight targets. Four of them have been catchable. Great. Like that, what are we supposed to do with that? You know, 35 tight ends have more catchable targets than Kyle Pitts right now. Uh, until that comes up, if and when that comes up, he's he's you know pretty much a fade for us in DFS. There's just not much enough of an upside argument to make. But yeah, this is the tool that you can look at everything at a team level view. So we obviously spend a lot of time at, at, on a player level with our DFS analysis. I want to show how this can be used at a team level, and this is probably one of my favorite ways to do it with just looking at. You know, raw catchable targets from a team level perspective. Uh, real quick, final note is the Ravens are kind of trending close to league average. That's pretty damn good for Mark Andrews and Zay Flowers and uh, really the rest of that offense. So, yeah, good good way to look at everything at a team level view because we spend so much time at a player level. Well, Graham, the craziest part about the Jets having 31 catchable targets is that Puka Nakua has 30 catchable targets this season. I mean, he's just, yeah, yeah, yeah like, insane. He's and he has the Jets, the entire yeah, Jets. Yeah, insane. basic, basically, and he has nine more catchable targets than Justin Jefferson. I mean, it's just absurd level of volume, and Stafford is playing out of his mind. I, I mean. You know, Cooper Cup's hamstring might be toast. Cooper <laughs> Cooper Cup might be toast, but like if he stayed healthy, he would have had an unbelievable season with Stafford. Uh, Stafford is finally healthy, man. I think that elbow injury last year really limited him. Uh, you know, he he looks like prime Matthew Stafford again. Where yeah. I'm curious, where do you guys fall on if you know Cup were to return, say this week? Like, what do you think would happen to Nakua's usage? Because I know I've I you know I've seen a variety of opinions on this, and I'm really curious what you guys have to say. I would say they would probably. I think Cup would probably take the Puka role back. I think that it's a one for one replacement, but it's Cooper Cup isn't going to get the stats that he used to, and obviously Puka is going to come down, and I think they sort of run the same area of the field. I mean, he's literally in the Cooper cup role or two twos sort of on the outside. Um, but I, I don't know. It's really hard to deny what Puka is doing right now. I just got to say, Sean McVay has been in his bag. I spent some time going through uh, again in advanced receiving. You can go and look at uh, how many routes a player has been open on. This is like a, a brand new separation thing that we're trying out. Uh, Brett Whitefield and his team are, are charting it and collecting the data but I was just going through it today. We've got two games to look at. So I was, you know, starting to think there might be some signal. 
And there kind of is. The Rams are just blowing holes like in opposing defenses. Uh, Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby, Tutu Atwell, and Puka Nakua are all top six in open or wide open rate through two games. I mean, it's just absurd. Uh, to say that they can't layer in Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua together is like, come on, these guys can live together. I do think it does dramatically lower Cup ceiling, though. Like, Nakua is a baller. He's not just getting scheme targets. He's getting wide ass open against receivers or really good DBs. And, uh, you know, it's it's in part scheme. McVay's in his bag, like I said, but it's also, man, I mean, th- this offense could be really, really good when Cup gets back because, you know, he's he's the orbit. You know what I mean? Like Nakua could be getting free releases against scrubs, basically. Uh, all right. So that's a, a quick look at some of the data tools over at Fantasy Points. Uh, probably the... Uh, best fantasy tool I've ever come across. So thanks guys for coming on and doing the show. So we all get to take a look at it. Uh, all right, let's jump into some of the sports betting streets. And uh, I, I teased earlier, I'll, I'll start off here that the team that's a two and a half point favorite on the road. Uh, I, I guess we can just go right back to the Zach Wilson stats because in, I have literally no idea why the Patriots are just two and a half point favorites against the Jets. The the Jets literally don't have a, a viable offense. We just saw that from some of the advanced statistics at fantasy points. And uh, Sean Kerner over, uh, you can follow him at the odds maker on Twitter, uh, over at the Action Network. Uh, the Patriots have been the unluckiest team in the NFL from a variety of metrics as well as turnovers, drive stalling, uh, things like that. Or the Jets... Uh, as horrible as they are, I've been the seventh luckiest team. This makes absolutely no sense to me why this line is at two and a half. The Patriots is my bet of the week. Uh, they could, this is basically, the Patriots have a good defense. This could be a similar whooping to what the Cowboys put on them. I know they don't have the same offense, but Mac Jones is slinging it. Graham thinks she can get to the Jets. Uh, I, I don't know. This this line looks completely off to me. I would probably set it at minus four and a half, minus five, uh, and getting it under a field goal. It opened at three. I bet it at three. I doubled down at minus two and a half. It's now my bet of the week. So, uh, Patriots, let's go uh, get some turnovers from Mr. Zach Wilson. Uh, Graham, I'll go to you for uh, a couple of your bets. Then, Jake, you're up, and then I'll close us out. I was going to have uh, the Patriots two and a half is like my favorite play of the week before I dug into the show sheet. Uh, if you just look back at uh, Wilson versus Belichick, he's made three full starts. Uh, he's lost all three of them, 25 to 6, 22 to 17, and 10 to 3. Uh, lots of sacks. Not a lot of yardage. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't really get the line either. Uh, my favorite bet that I'm looking at, and, and by the way, I, I, you know, it's Tuesday. I haven't dug into nearly, a, you know, I'm, I'm at one tenth of my research. But one line that stuck out to me, one total actually stuck out to me. I was teasing at the top. Uh, I like under 46 on Bucks Eagles. Uh, you know, look, Baker has been pretty good, but we've got to take into context that he's played the Vikings, which don't really have functional outside corners. And he's played the Bears, which have been the worst defense in the NFL for like two and a half years. Uh, this is a legit defense here. 46 is a lot of points for, for both these sides to combine. Uh, I would also bet Bucks under team total. I, I found a 20 and a half at minus 115 uh, earlier today at bet 365. It got hammered, unfortunately. But under 46 still makes a lot of sense. It's like you know, just total bet. 
uh, against the Bucks and their scoring and about four of the Eagles and their defense and shutting down Baker. Uh, I think in those luck rankings too, I, I sometimes take a peek at those as well. I think, you know, Bucks have been, I think, fifth or sixth luckiest offense. So, yeah, makes a lot of sense right. that against the Bucks from scoring here. Eagles are the top, though. So, <laughs> it's the yeah. two luckiest teams in the NFL. Yeah. Which one's going to lose the four leaf lower? There you go. Uh, what else you got for us, Graham? I'm I'm on this other one as well, but I'm I'm using okay. it in, in a teaser. Okay, yeah, I'm on Bills six and a half. I just think they should be getting at least a full touchdown. Uh, Josh Allen had a much better game, obviously, than Week One. Uh, he was basically forcing the ball in Week One. We finally saw him last week take what the defense gives you. Got back into rhythm. Washington's front seven is is really good, but I think they're exploitable in the back end. And Stephon Diggs, you know, I was looking, you know, teasing up those, you know, wide open and, and open metrics. Stephon Diggs is getting open at some of the highest rates in the NFL. He's been terrific. Gabe Davis has a pulse. I just think Bill's offense is is primed to really keep this thing into gear. We saw them run the ball um, a lot better. Washington has has had a pretty good run defense, but in general, I, I'm in on Allen, and it's kind of this is also. A little bit of a Sam Howell fade. Uh, Howell has been running hot, uh, playing really well, but Bill's defense still have a lot of respect for them and uh, have a lot of respect for their ability to game plan. I mean, they, they did a really good job against Jimmy G last week. Yeah, I like this. Uh, I'm going to talk. Uh, I'm teasing it. I, I like getting the minus two and a half on some of the favorites here and there. So I've got another game I'll tease down to minus two and a half to, to pair with the Bills. Uh, but I like both of those, Graham. Jake, what are you looking at this week? Yeah, I'm looking at the Raiders minus two and a half against the Steelers. You can get that minus 110 over at DraftKings. I mean, Kenny Pickett has just been a total disaster this year. I mean, last night, like, you know, Browns Browns would have won that game handily had it not been for, you know, just a handful of mistakes. Um, and the other thing, too, with the Steelers is that I just don't think they're primed to take advantage of the Raiders' biggest weakness, which is their secondary. I mean, Pickett, like I said, playing terrible. So uh, Jimmy G's looked, you know, surprisingly good so far. He's, you know, he's, he's always been pretty efficient, struggled a little bit more in week two against the bills, but you know, I think this, this line should be closer to, you know, Vegas minus three and a half Vegas minus four. I, I, I really like the Raiders this week. Yeah. I got screwed pretty royally uh, on scores and odds with the Browns, it's two defensive touchdowns. They leave George Pickens wide open for a big play and they blow out Nick Chubb's knee and they were basically had the game in the bag until that final defensive touchdown. Nothing hurts worse, I think, in sports betting than knowing. Like, you literally know you're on the right side of the bet by a wide margin, and it goes the complete other way just because of some of the randomness in football. But uh, anyway, I could certainly get behind the Raiders. Uh, what's another one you're looking at this week? I agree. I think the Steelers are – they're not the worst team in the league, but currently without Deontay Johnson uh, and without uh, Cam Hayward, I think they're one of the, one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, they they really have not looked great. The other one I'm looking at is a uh, is a prop for for Thursday night football. Brock Purdy over one and a half passing touchdowns. He's hit this in seven of his nine healthy starts, and I know one of the games that he didn't hit it um, was against the Cowboys. You know, Giants defense hasn't looked good. 49ers are rolling. Um, two touchdowns. I you know I I think is quite likely this week. Uh, you know, might hit three. I really like the 49ers offense. I'm going to be all over the 49ers side of this game. Um, yeah. So why not match it with a, with a pretty passing prop? Yeah. If the Cardinals can go out and absolutely smoke the giants for a half before they uh, call up the troops and start the tank, 
Uh, I think the 49ers are going to have no problem doing whatever they want, especially on a short week uh, uh, against the Giants, who are without Saquon Barkley. This looks like a steamroll, in my opinion. So the over one and a half, it looks like minus 114 on FanDuel. Uh, I'm using scores and odds to get some of those. Uh, A couple other bets. Uh, I mentioned the Bills, minus two and a half. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to tee, we're going to get them at minus two and a half. We're going to get the Dolphins at minus two and a half as well. That's plus 101 on DraftKings. Uh, so the Dolphins, while they are one of the luckier teams in the league, I believe, if I was, yeah, they're they're up there. But so, sometimes you use the luck in in your analysis, and sometimes you ignore it because the Dolphins are a really good team and the Broncos are not. So this one's pretty simple. You've got the Dolphins in their home opener. You're going to have the sun beating down on the sideline, just cooking the Broncos the entire game while Miami's just resting in the shade. You're going to have Tyreek Hill running free. I don't care if Jalen Waddle plays. They don't need him. Two is great. Mike McDaniel's great. Their defense is only going to get better as the season progresses. Uh, the Dolphins, two and a half. They could win this game by 14. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, but getting them down to minus two and a half paired with the Bills, two and a half, gets you a slight plus money play on DraftKings. Uh, I like that one. And then I got a same game parlay. Uh, we're, we're all talking about this Vikings Chargers game. Uh, I like the Vikings quite a bit in this one. I think the Chargers, neither team plays any defense, but the Vikings, uh, I believe, are one of the unluckiest teams. They're the one, two, the sixth unluckiest team. And they've, uh, what is it, six turnover, their turnover differential is at minus six. So they've turned the ball over six more times than they've gotten turnovers. That's very unlikely to last. Uh, certainly another minus three uh, going into the Chargers who also have their own problems doing things like that. Uh, so we're going to take them at the Vikings at plus 7.5. We're going to push them over the touchdown plus seven and a half. We're going to pair that with the over at 46 and a half. So that's the same game parlay using the total and the spread Vikings plus seven and a half over 46 and a half tease them both. Uh, and you get that at minus 120 on DraftKings. Uh, neither of these teams play defense. Uh, I don't want to, uh, I, I don't know. I just like the Vikings. The Chargers can't beat really anybody. I don't think right now with the way their defense is by over a touchdown. The Vikings have been playing pretty well. Uh, if you take out some of those luck factors, they probably could have won both of their games. So we're going to take the Vikings in that one on the same game parlay with the over 46 and a half. Uh, that's all we got for the Prime Points show for week two. I hope you've all enjoyed it. Click the like button, subscribe on all the podcast feeds, check out Fantasy Points. Uh, check out the data tool. It's amazing. You can live in there for a couple of weeks, well, for a couple of hours and learn a lot. You can live in there for a couple of days like Graham and Jake and be really good. Uh, you can also win a million dollars if you're a Fantasy Points subscriber uh, in their Discord as well. Again, if you're looking to study lineups, uh, go check out uh, the lineup that won last week. It's what I try to do in the, my lineups that I make that don't win a million dollars. I just don't have the the right set of players, but all the correlations, the stacking, the lineup construction uh, from that particular lineup looked absolutely perfect in my opinion. Uh, Other than that, thanks to everybody for watching, listening, downloading. For Jake and Graham, I'm Britt, and we outcha.